Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, wow, what trying times we are in these days. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, I um, every day bring something new. And I will tell you that uh, uh, these times are unprecedented without question. Uh, and by the way, I'm Marty Fisher and welcome to my show. And uh, you know what, folks, this is a test of American character. You know, when it comes to comes to this disease that, that's out there now, uh, there are no Republicans, there are no Democrats, they're only Americans. And we've got to think like that. No time for political correctness. I'm tired of seeing that on the news, almost to the point that I, I want to, you know, throw something at the television. It's, it's idiotic. You know, and I'm proud of what our president's doing. Thank God he's a businessman. And he's not just another politician. I think that's that's going to really bode well as we work our way through this. And you know, there's a lot to, a lot to be done. A lot, lot, lot to be done. Before we get into the industry news, though, I do want to tell you, you know, and <clears throat> and these guys are still doing their thing. First segment of our show brought to you by my buddies at the Crushable Vault. You know, these this product's made all in America, up there in uh, Bolivar, Tennessee. Uh, east of Memphis, uh, you know, for most of my life, I've been a traveling hunter. I've I've, um, I've been all over the place. I've been a traveling clay target shooter. I've been all over the country, all over the world. And uh, you know, I've got to tell you, I put my guns in the in in, in the, tr- the truck when I'm driving, and I'm scared to death that you know if I've got to stop and get out or go to the bathroom or whatever, you know, um, and God forbid overnight, um, they may get taken. Well, I discovered the Crushable Vault about a year ago, and that product totally put my mind at ease. You know, uh, it, it looks like a nice piece of luggage. You can put, you know, one, two, three of your gun cases in there. They've got a an interlocking cable system that's that uh, they patented this whole process that will not only allow your guns not to be opened, they can also be tied in with the cable system into the bed of your pickup truck, in the back of your SUV, in the back of your car, in the trunk of your car. And I can promise you no petty thief is going to walk away with your guns. Peace of mind. That's what the Crushable Vault is all about. Do yourself a favor. If you haven't done so, check them out. CrushableVault.com. <laughs> and given the complexion of the world these days, there's no better time to do that than right now. CrushableVault.com. If you see something you like at checkout, type my name in the little promo box. Just put Marty in there and you will get a 10% discount immediately. Okay. Um, What's going on? Well, I've got a great guest lined up. I know he's already on hold and I'll be with him in just a a minute or two. David Dobson from uh, Jacksonville University. And, you know, I've been talking in previous shows about youth shooting and high school shooting and college shooting. Well, David's one of those guys that uh, uh, he's kind of a kind of a founder, if you will, 
Uh, he's the head coach at Jacksonville University, uh, who now has that program as a varsity sport, <clears throat> which I think is just absolutely phenomenal. But we're going to talk a lot about collegiate shooting and how how kids in high school can get into college programs and what to expect. And hey, and uh, David Dobson, well, you know what a what a, a great guy David is. And uh, uh, we're going to have a really really good conversation here in just a little bit. But before I, I get to David, I want to I want to uh, bring you up to speed on a few things within the industry. Uh, first, first of all, the good news, and I, I've actually got that right here in front of me somewhere. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to talk, as David and I are going to talk today, um, the uh, ammo that we have to use when the national championship comes up, a uh, federal stepped up to the table and is the official ammo sponsor for the uh, for the ACUI National Championship. So all of the shooters, every shooter there, and there will be over a thousand of them, will have to shoot federal top gun ammo. Now the good news about that is federal with their with their top gun has got some really good loads. They've got special loads for, for trap, skeet, and for sporting clays. So uh, the and what they're doing now is uh, federal actually is making that that top gun load in a 100 pack. So, uh, you know, like you see all of these now when you go into the store, Walmart, sporting goods stores, whatever, where you can see a pack of, of 104 boxes of 25. Well, Federal has the new Top Gun 100 pack that'll be on the shelf. So, uh, you know, these young guys can, can, if they don't have access to it through their universities, can get the exact shell that they're going to be shooting in the competition. Uh, let's see what else is going on there. It's um, it's it's been a little crazy, you know. The, with the coronavirus, the industry is um, on its ears, like like so many industries are, and um, Italy in particular is having some problems. Um, Beretta and Parazzi are both shut down right now, uh, so they're not manufacturing any guns. Over there, uh, those two fine companies. I'm not so sure about the others. Uh, you know, there's a there's a big gun trade uh, manufacturing uh, uh, trade in in um, in Italy, and uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, we need to uh, put our prayers out to those folks as as we do folks, you know, all around the world. Uh, as far as I know, Negrini, uh, one of the fine show sponsors who makes the gun cases, uh, they're still operating. You know, I talked to uh, uh, their U.S. headquarters uh, yesterday. Uh, just to, just to see, and they said, well, you know, nothing is, has happened there. We haven't had any incidents, and uh, so they're still they're still building cases and and shipping. I uh, don't really know too much about what's going on in the ammo world. Haven't heard much yet about that. Uh, fortunately, most of the ammo companies, uh, you know, have have um, facilities here in the states, and um, so we we should be able to get ammo unless uh, unless those have to close down. Um, shoots, oh my gosh, we've got shoots all over the place being canceled, you know, clay target events, uh, uh, two notable shoots, the Florida State shoot, which is uh, to be at Blackjack Sporting Clays down south of Orlando, <clears throat> has been rescheduled for early December. Uh, the Browning Briley event, which, oh my gosh, this thing's been going on for way more than a decade, um, has been totally canceled. That was that was scheduled for uh, early, early April. Uh, many of the youth events, uh, we're going to be talking about that with David here in a little while, um, have been either canceled or postponed. Um, the uh, ACUI Collegiate National 
Clay Target Championship in San Antonio, which was scheduled for the last week of this month. David and I both were would have been there. Um, uh, they, uh, I don't think they've totally canceled it. David's on the board. He might might tell me that they have, but uh, the message that I got was we're looking at a, an alternate date, uh, you know, perhaps uh, up in uh, early June or something like that. Uh, SCTP National Championship in Ohio and the 4-H National Championship, both in July, still pending. I don't, uh, don't have any words on that. And uh, also we've had some, some closures, some gun club closures, uh, especially those that are leased by the local, state, or federal governments. Uh, two in particular that come to mind that are now closed down. Elm Fork Shooting Park in Dallas, uh, you know, which my bu- good buddy Scott Robertson has, and uh, Clark County Shooting Park in Las Vegas that, you know, I happen to design the sporting clays courses there. Both of those facilities, because they are on government lands, uh, have been closed uh, for the time being. Well, that's about all I've got. Um, oh, one other thing, and I, and I don't, you know, we talked about the Blazer Skeet Championship, which took place a week or so ago. That was actually won uh, by Peter Grayling. Peter Grayling, uh, and, and he did very well, shot a four by four. And for those of you who don't know what four by four means in Skeet, that means he shot 400 out of 400. 100 each, 12, 20, 28, and 410. That's not an easy task, and uh, congratulations are in order for Mr. Peter Grayling. Last but not least, uh, something new with the uh, National Sporting Claims Association. Um, on their website, they have what they call Target Talk Lessons, and that's actually uh, you know, a pretty good little deal. They've got um, – a bunch of the top shooters in the country, top instructors in the country, uh, are all contributing information, some of it in video form, some of it in written form. Yours truly has, has had a few things there. Target Talk Lessons. You can find those at mynsca.com. Okay. I promise you I am now done. <laughs> okay. That being said, um, this gentleman's been on hold here for a few minutes and hearing all of the things that I've said. So, you know, I'm sure he'll have some some commentary about uh, about what we've already talked about. But I would like to welcome to the show Mr. David T. Dobson. David Dobson uh, is the head coach of the Jacksonville University shooting team and, uh, uh, you know, also the uh, the proprietor of Dobson Performance Shooting School, which was founded back in 1988, or 1998, excuse me. David, welcome to the show, my friend. I'm already thrilled to be here. Hey, I don't know how much of my open you heard. Um, but I heard all of it. <laughs> but life's getting a little crazy. <laughs> uh, I know indeed. that, uh, you know, you're down in Florida, North Florida. I'm in uh, in Southeast Georgia. Um you know, I'm sure you're getting phone calls, you're getting texts, you're getting emails, you're you're getting a little bit of everything um, with all of the stuff that's going on. So uh, we're, we're going to get into that, but I want you to do a quick favor for me. Tell us a little bit about David Dobson, a little bit of background so that I don't have to do it all. Hit the high points, if you will, and then we're going to jump into this youth shooting and, and, uh, and how things are being done these days in the collegiate shooting world. 
Well, I'd be, I'd be happy to do so. A uh, little background on me, my, my business background. I went ahead and did the uh, MBA thing and worked in corporate America as an executive and technology in particular. I've been an avid shooter my whole life. Um, I got seriously hooked on sporting clays back in the early 90s and had always shot skeet and trap because that's all we had for so many years. So with, with the advent of, of sporting clays being brought to this country back in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, and taking hold, um, I got seriously hooked on shooting it and competition and what have you, and so um, started shooting a lot of competition, went through the NSCA Level 1, 2, and 3 instructor certification programs, and then went through the same thing with the National Ski Shooting Association Level 1, 2, and 3, uh, and also through uh, the Paragon Master Program. So... Um, in a nutshell, that's kind of my background. I've been teaching for 21 years professionally and probably about 30 overall, uh, helping people learn to shoot. And, of course, well, we founded the Jacksonville University varsity shooting team back in 2009. Uh-huh. Well, I, I don't think, David, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I can scratch my head and, and, uh, and try to think of a bunch of guys that I know. I don't know that anybody, you know, has uh, – those two level threes and also have been through uh, my buddy Dan Schindler's program there and had a master certification. I mean, that, that's a, that's a lot of education. Of course you, you do have an MBA, so it's not, you're, you're a reasonably <laughs> intelligent guy anyway, but that's a lot of shooting information to, uh, to put in that brain. Well, it's, uh, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment, but um, I think there's only been one or two other people that have ever done both NSCA and NSCA, or NSSA Level 3, mm-hmm. and that's me and Ron Staus in Colorado, mm-hmm. but there might be one other guy, I think. Well, I, you know, and, and I, 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 don't, I don't know them, but, you know, I know that you have, and, <clears throat> you know, from, from, from a competitive standpoint, um, I went through the same thing. You know, I was a competitive shooter and discovered teaching. And we're going to talk about the difference in instructing and teaching here in a few minutes. I discovered discovered teaching, and found and just absolutely fell in love with it. And and I've I've got a sneaky suspicion that you feel the same way. I do. It's a it's a calling. It's a passion, and uh, giving back and and sharing knowledge and watching uh, their faces light up when they're successful, and or you get a text or a phone call and you say, you know, I just. I just, you know, won my class or whatever, and, you know, thanks for helping me. That is incredibly rewarding. And probably the greatest joy in my life, and I, I consider it an incredible blessing, is being able to teach these young men and women, um, A, if they've never shot, certainly teach them the joys of, of clay shooting, wing shooting, and, you know, also working with the, the kids that are developing their competitive skills because, you know, all of those skills are transferable into their personal and professional lives as they develop as human beings. So, you know, I look at this whole process as very much a mentor type of process. So, you know, seeing these kids succeed um, is, it's been the greatest joy uh, in my life ever of anything I've ever done. Well, and and I love teaching. Yes. And the thing, the thing that, that, that I know is when the little light comes on, you know, when, when you're, you know, you have a little, that conversation and, and somebody hasn't shot a lot. I mean, I, you know, there's a, there's a story that, that I found, you know, a, a, about, uh, you know, you and your teaching and the, and the Jacksonville program, you know, a young man who, who 
came out to be a part of the program. And this is something else we're going to talk about. You don't, you don't cut anybody. I mean, you know, if the kids want to be a part of the program, they're a part of your program. And this young man, you know, came out and, and, um, had really not shot, you know, maybe, you know, once or twice in his entire life. And, and, um, you know, you get uh, you get the right guy standing behind him and, and say the right things, and and um, all of a sudden the, the target breaks and the little light comes on a little bit, and and if and life changes at that moment, doesn't it? It does. You know, I've I've seen it uh, all too often, and um, uh, you know that that that's the kind of stuff that really and truly sets who I what I I call instructors and and teachers apart because. You know, a lot of times an instructor is getting somebody who's been shooting a long time. Okay, they, you know, I mean, these guys that that are really good shots, that that hang a shingle, that uh, uh, you know somebody you know is depending on them to turn them into a wizard. Um, you know, with a shotgun. Uh, you know, sometimes that's that's easier said than done, but but a true teacher doesn't skip the parts it's it's a progressive learning curve and you know and you and you you're you're working with that kid from day one you know and and really getting them started and and getting them to believe in themselves and i think that's that's such a huge part of being a, a, a shooting teacher instead of just being an instructor yeah, I would totally agree. I have on my website, one of the things that I say on the website is there are a lot of instructors, but very few teachers. And, you know, um, I believe it was Aristotle said that you have never truly mastered your subject material until you can teach it. And so mm-hmm. when I hear some people say, oh, those that, that can do and those that can't teach, it's, 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 it makes the hair in my neck stand up and, and my blood pressure go up because that is a, that's a falsity. Uh, those that can teach and can do, and quite frankly, you know, you're really top coaches, I mean, such as yourself. I mean, we, we, you know, I've been a master's class shooter for 20 years and, you know, AAA and skeet and, and trap. And so, you know, being a great shot does not make a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Being a great teacher, being a great shot helps, and being a competitive shooter obviously is very important in the mix. Uh, but being able to teach it and to communicate and to get that that uh, the light bulb to come on, as you'd like to say, um, that's an art form. And you know, you know, we as teachers, uh, and I remember Jim Earl and I, and I had this conversation many times, and I know you and Jim are good friends. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, he said. Uh, he said, he'd call me and he'd say, uh, he said, Dave, are you getting your, your armor on? I said, yeah, I'm going out to teach if that's what you're getting at. And he goes, yes. He said, we are the court jester. Make them laugh. Make them have a great time. <laughs> They'll learn. And that sounds like a Jim Arnold kind of comment. So, you know, I use humor and everything else when I teach. Um, and when my students ask me questions, I'm very honest with them. You know, um, you know tell them the truth. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they're, they're extremely astute, and then they'll figure out whether you're for real or not. So, you know, they ask me a question, they get a very direct answer. And, and you know, we talk about, you know, why you're successful or why you're not being successful. Why did you hit that bird? Why did you miss that target? It's important for them to know both so that they yes. can repeat it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's sustainable. You know, it's, well, it's, it, you know I've seen a lot... A lot of people teach, and they stand behind. They just tell the shooter 
you know, where to go with the shotgun. And I'm saying, but you're not teaching them. You're giving mm-hmm. them a fish, but you're not teaching them to, to fish. Right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, the question, know, well, the key, the key is, is it repeatable when you're not standing there? That's, that's a difference. Right. That's the difference in being taught and being instructed. You know, can they do it when you're not standing behind them? That's the key. That that that's when you know that that the seed has been planted, because that and, and it and it you know and and it doesn't get planted in a day. I mean, it's a you know it's a multiple a multiple thing. And of course, this is something that that all shooters not just not just youth shooters, all shooters need to understand. You know, there there's no magic wand. You know, there. I mean, you know, I don't care how good a, a, an instructor or teacher or coach you call him, whatever you will, how good he might be. One time is not necessarily going to make it happen. You know, you 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 need a you need a little more time in the saddle. You know, with that communication, to to do that. At, at least I think that that way. Uh, I think you're 100 percent right. I like to tell you know new shooting students clients. Say, listen, this is not take a lesson and you're instantly in master's class. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, we work for a couple hours, then you have homework, whether it's gun mount drills or, mm-hmm. you know, working on your form or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, you work on the things that we worked on, and then we reconvene after you shot 500 to 1,000 shells, and then we fine-tune. And it's a constant process of, of feedback, tweaking, and then, you know, getting back online again. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the the I think, and I wanted to just to share this, and I know you, this resonates with you really well. Uh, but you know, you have people that come and take a lesson; they're kind of curious, and maybe you don't see them again for a year or whatever, or six months or whatever. Um, and it's like starting over again because they didn't practice what what you know they were taught. And then you have those that you know are just are are hungry and and they can't wait for the next session. And so, you know, one of the things that I've always done, and I'm kind of surprised that a lot more people don't do it. I know you're you're very uh, much a fanatic about doing this. Is a follow up email. You know, mm-hmm. here's what we did in our lesson. Here's what you need to work on. I'm a phone call away. Um, you know, and if you get stuck, call me. We can usually figure it out over the phone because I've gotten to know that student and I understand how they shoot and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, uh, here's here's what I want to do. I want I want to take this take this to another step here let's let's um we're going to talk a little bit about college shooting and the, the collegiate programs and and stuff like that and then uh, before we do that you know the, the segment that we're doing with david right now brought to you by my good friends at the greeny cases you know i mentioned them a little while ago they are in uh, they're in italy and uh, but they are still operating and, and blowing and going and building uh, building cases uh you know recreational season right on top of us and and we're still shooting we're still traveling to shoot uh you know my gun club is is still open here down in the south and um you know we're you know we, we're, we're still hearing gunshots now most of us used to gun case that our favorite shotgun came in but it's really not a heavy travel case i mean it's not one that you're going to want to put on and off of airplanes throw in and out of the back of a pickup truck or something like that you're always really gingerly with those. Well, that's where the greeny cases really, really shine. You know, for more than 35 years, they've been building the lightest and strongest TSA and international airline approved cases in the world. They look great. They're super strong. They have double wall protection and they are really lightweight. I want you to check them out because 
as nice as your gun case is, I can promise you, you put your gun in the Negrini and it will almost, you'll almost hear a sigh of relief when that shotgun goes in there. They'll like it so much. Negrinicases.com. You know, if you find something you like and you spend a couple of hundred bucks, and you probably will. I mean, Negrinis, uh, they're, they're not... They're not the uh, uh, the, the over the over the over the counter Walmart case by any stretch. This is a real deal. At checkout, type my name, put Marty in the little promo box, and they'll send you a waterproof shot shell case that'll hold a hundred shells, and they'll pay for the shipping. Negrinicases.com. Okay, David, we've got a couple of more minutes before we've got to go to a um, to a network break, but I want to uh, let's talk a little bit about college shooting you know that uh, i don't think a lot of people fully understand how big this has actually gotten give us a little bit of background if you would i know you you've been in it a good long while so you've got more background than i do so let's let's talk about that where are we today with the collegiate shooting program well if you putting things in perspective in 2000 10, when they had the Nationals, we had, I think, 28 teams uh, in San Antonio at the ACUI Collegiate Nationals, uh, end of March. And last year, actually this year, we're projected to have over 1,000 shooters and 100-plus mm-hmm. teams. And we've been at that 100-plus teams now uh, for a couple of years. You know, some, some years it's 89 or 90, or, but it's always up there. So in, in a period of less than 10 years or about 10 years, uh, this thing has grown, you know, four or five times its size, you know, four times at least. So we're on a tidal wave. So with the SCTP and 4-H programs and NRA programs, and, of course, we have a new kid in the block, which is uh, uh, the uh, USA Yes group. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an exponential growth pattern. So SCTP being one of the more uh, well-known programs, I think really the kind of the gold standard, for high school shooters and shooter development, I mean, their nationals uh, in Marengo, Ohio, there's 3,000-plus kids mm-hmm. at that shoot. And then plus the colleges, you know, we, we send kids to shoot up there because they're obviously recruiting talent. And there'll be, you know, three, 400 college shooters up there uh, in July. So, mm-hmm. um, and I had a conversation with uh, Craig Hancock, and I know you know Craig. And sure, his son, Vinny, of course, the two-time gold medalist, uh, and Craig... When he was working with SCTP, this is a number of years ago, and he was a huge help for us in getting uh, all the colleges started down here in, in Florida. Um, he said, "I told him, you know, we're on a this thing is a is we're on a huge wave." He goes, "Dave, we're on a tidal wave." He says, "We're going to need a bigger boat." He said, "This thing has taken off." So, with the help of the, you know, Larry and Brenda Potterfield and a hundred twenty-five million dollar plus infusion. Mm-hmm. through MidwayUSAFoundation.org, uh, for those that are interested, MidwayUSAFoundation.org, uh, where they set up all these endowment programs, and that has really helped to fund, via the grant process, all of these high school teams and now all these college teams. And I think college collegiate-wise, we're probably you know, 325, 350 uh, teams. Uh, a lot of them are club. There are, there are quite a few that are varsity programs. Uh, but I would say the majority of them obviously are club programs, but they compete just like everybody else in the same level. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it has been growing every single year, so much so that it got the attention of my board uh, back in, in, you know, we started in 2009. 2011, 
they made it a varsity sport because they saw the growth potential. And these are smart kids. They have higher GPAs. Uh-huh. They're better disciplined. They're not into all the other uh, maladies that a lot of kids get into uh, in the day of, of modern technology and, and social media and what have you and Internet. So really, it's just a better kid, smarter kid, um, better disciplined, uh, and Again, it's a tribute to the way the program is structured. It's a mentor program. So they go from coming out of these 4-H and SETP programs and NRA programs going straight into the collegiate system. And mm-hmm. a lot of these schools offer, you know, scholarships. So this is another way for them to get funding to go to college. Yeah. And, and that's uh, <clears throat> eligibility. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I have people all the time ask me, well, how do I get, how do I get my kid – in the college to shoot, and and of course I have to go through the, the the variety of different ways that that can happen. Uh, you know, some places are club programs, and and frankly don't have scholarships, can't offer scholarships. Uh, you know, here in Georgia, you know where where I live, you know we have the Hope Scholarship. So those smart kids, you know, the, 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 if they qualify for that that academic scholarship, which you know many of them do, you know they. They've got their college paid for, but then they've got to maintain that GPA. So, you know, it, uh, the onus is on them. So they're not just shooters. They are students first. And I know that you certainly preach that on, on your end with your with your kids. But uh, but you're right. I mean, uh, you know, you're 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 talking about young people who, um, you know, they, they have to have certain self-discipline to play these clay target games the right way. And I know that is a, um, that's a huge part of being a successful adult when they get, get away from college and hopefully they'll continue to shoot, but at least they're all really pro gun type folks. And we need to graduate as many of those as we can. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And the other thing is that the skills and solutions that they learn as competitive shooters, I mean, those skills are transferable to, to everything, both in their personal and professional life. So, you know, dealing with success and failure, um, establishing a work ethic, goal setting, um, you know, professionalism, safety, all these things, and then passing it on, you know, giving back to the community. We're, you know, these programs are designed to where, you know, the students have a, an obligation to give back to their community. Uh, so, you know, what we're teaching our young people are the types of things that, that you know, our generation, we were very blessed to have, you know, uh, mentors and parents and grandparents and teachers and whatever, you know, I say the old school. Um, but, you know, this is very traditional values. And I think that what I, we see in our country today, we see we've gotten away from the basics, and it's unfortunate. And really, the you know, I think that with Linda, or with uh, Brenda and Larry Potterfield, you know, they felt very strongly that you know this type of recreational, uh, safe, professionally well-run uh, type of activity uh, really helps to to uh, you know restore some of those you know older, more traditional values. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more, David. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Hey, we're up on a break, buddy. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with David Dobson, and we're going to talk a little bit a little bit about his program that he's put together. And I think you're going to be very impressed with what you hear. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. <laughs> We'll be right back. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. tuned into marty fisher's wing and clay nation if you have a question or comment about the show we're here via email wing and clay radio at gmail.com that's wing and clay radio at gmail.com now let's get back to this week's show and back we are and i am having a wonderful conversation with david dobson the head coach of the jacksonville university Dolphins, I think it is, uh, shooting team, and they have had some great, great, great success. And I'm going to be back to him in just a second. But hey, if you are a social media guy, so many people are, wingandclayradio.com. That's our website. Please go there. We're continuing, continually adding content to that website. And, and I think you'll find some things there that you really like. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash wingandclayradio. On Twitter, twitter.com slash wingclaynation. And on Instagram, it's instagram.com slash wingandclayradio. You know, those social media sites, we're active there and would love for you to come be a part of what we do. Give us a like, share, and uh, and be a part of what we're doing. I'm going to bring David back. Before I do, I want to let you know that this portion of the show brought to you by Dogtra. Now, if you are listening to this show and have a good chance you've got a a hunting dog of some kind. If so, remember the name Dogtra for 30 years. Dogtra has been setting the standard for e-collar training technology. Now, this allows you to unleash your dog's absolute potential. So whether you've got a retrieving dog, a pointing dog, a flushing dog, a tracking dog, or you've got one that's putting a raccoon up a tree at night, Dogtra has got the right product to help your dog be the very best that he or she can be. So visit them, dogtra.com. If you see something you like in there and you make a purchase, once again, we've got a discount, 10% off. Put wing 10, 
WING10, W-I-N-G-10, in the little promo box at checkout, and you'll get a 10% discount on your purchase. Check them out, dogtra.com. Okay, let me get back to David. David, you know, we, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the kind of, you know, what it takes, what the kids get out of the program, what the kids get out of instruction, and, and all of those kind of things. But starting up a program cannot be the easiest thing in the world. I mean, you know, you, you, you somehow you have that vision that it would work at at uh, at, at this university and. Uh, and it happened. So let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, a lot of people want to know, how do you actually get a, a collegiate program started and what does it take? Well, um, what we did, for example, with, with JU was, uh, and I, I do have to share a, a slight and hopefully uh, entertaining uh, story, but um, I had gone to Mobile to teach at Bushy Creek Clays in Mobile, mm-hmm. Gary Cox's place, and this was this would be in the spring of 2009, and I got back and there was a pile of material sitting on my desk. And my wife, who also has a graduate education as a professional uh, manager, she said, "I'm doing some research. You won't believe the growth rate for youth shooting, especially high school, into collegiate." And and so w- we looked at the statistics, and I went, "Holy moly!" And uh, so I called Craig and I said, this is incredible. You're the SCTP guy down here. I said, so fill me in. And by the time we were done talking, I was like, we are, we are, this is definitely the right time to do this. So we, we looked at the, you know, at University of North Florida and we looked at JU and UNF being a public university uh, and JU being private, my thought process was, that the private university would see the value of recruitment and retention and upping of their GPA. Not that the public schools wouldn't, but the public universities obviously are publicly funded, and because there's so much demand to get in, you know, they're actually looking at, at uh, reduction and uh, or hitting a certain number, and then that's it. So they like mm-hmm. to a certain amount of attrition. So although I did found the UNF shooting team program at one point, but um, so I made a presentation to. Uh, the athletic director, Alan Verlander at the time, wonderful guy, uh, he loved it. And he said, uh, wow, uh, unlike NCAA, SCTP, ACUI, there's no restriction on how you recruit or if you give them a T-shirt or any of that stuff. I said, absolutely not. And he loved that. And he said, I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, let's, let's have breakfast, and I'm going to go ahead and set up a meeting with the president. So I met with the president. And he got it within the first couple of minutes. He zeroed in and he says, let's do this. You're going to volunteer. We're not going to pay you because that's the way it works in university level. <laughs> yeah. You're going to yes, volunteer. Correct. You, this, right. You volunteer. You, you start this thing. And if we like it and see it's viable, then uh, we'll make it a varsity program. And I thought, well, okay, I understood all that. So, I mean, I wrote the model for it and everything. And and we started the program in 2009. A very dear friend of mine, Paul Felker, uh, and I would say that we, between my wife and I and the Felkers, we funded the program. I mean, you know, probably 20 grand out of our own pockets just to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went out and bought a couple of extra semi-automatic shotguns. I got uh, uh, Wes Lang from Cesar Garini to give me a couple of Garinis, uh, and he and Tom Smith helped us out there, and they let us borrow some, some shotguns. And so we started out with 11 kids, 
And the first two years, uh, we kind of built it up a little bit, and then we took them to nationals, and they won their division uh, that year in San Antonio. And I called the president and woke him up at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I said, we just won our division. He goes, what? I said, we just won our division. He goes, you're a varsity program. I said, now, Gary, you're going to pay me? And he goes, yes, I'm going to pay you. I said, okay, we can talk about that later. I said, but um, that's how we got it started. We, we found out about Midway, their endowment programs. We went ahead and set up an endowment account. Um, we started by having uh, the Jacksonville Southeastern Collegiate Invitational fall and spring. We just did our ninth one this year. Um, and we invited all the schools in the southeast uh, to attend. And, I mean, Clemson and Emanuel College and all these really good schools showed up, uh, Virginia Tech, Eastern Kentucky, University of Kentucky, University of Florida, FSU, all these schools, uh, you know, started to get all these teams put together, and it became a huge regional. In fact, it was probably the biggest collegiate regional in the country for a long time. I think Savannah uh, is getting higher numbers than we are with ACY now, but they've got that program really developed, and I know you're familiar with that. So, But we typically get 150 to 200 shooters in the fall and the same thing in the spring, and we get to know all these kids from all these different schools. And what's different about the, these, these teams, and I know you already know this, and for those of you that are listening, if you have kids that are in SCTP or 4-H or maybe shooting on a collegiate team, um, everybody gets to know each other. They develop friendships. Um, yes, when they're, when they're in the shoot-offs, it's all business, and they want to they beat each other. But when one person wins, the other is a professional and says, wow, congratulations, nice shooting. You know, so it's just, just it's, it's such a nice thing to see you know, the way they handle themselves. And we know the Clemson kids, you know, Rick Willie runs a great program up at Clemson. Uh, John Sheely and his uh, wife done a, run a great program at Emanuel College. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Libbies at Stetson University, uh, Wendy Libby, who was the president, by the way, of Stetson for, I want to say, 15, 20 years. She just retired. Uh, her husband, Dr. Richard Libby, uh, we helped them get their program started. But JU was the model for all the other Florida schools. So we helped University of Florida get their program started, FSU, Embry-Riddle, Stetson, um, USF, all these different schools. So we've helped them to get started because we know that the more schools we have with viable programs, whether they're a club or whether they're a varsity, doesn't really matter. We know that if we get more viable programs started and we use the Midway USA Foundation grant cycle to help fund that, uh, then it's going to be it's it's a building um, block for the rest of the program and and the other schools around the country. So this this has you know kind of a uh, I want to say a geometric progression. So the more programs we start, obviously the more programs get started on top of that. So it is when we started this and where we are today, ten years later, it's it's astronomical the difference in the number of of added programs and including varsity. So well, and, you know, and we, we, and here's the thing: when you talk about more than 340 colleges and universities have got shooting programs of some kind. Now, this is this is clay target shotgun. Now, this is not necessarily rifle. And it's just, I mean, this is over 300 colleges and universities around the country that are that have these these teams and I don't think a lot of people realize that you know you got so many guys that are that are avid shooters that you know they walk around with they're either going to wear a logo of, of their favorite gun or ammo or something like that or they've got 
you know, like Bill Dance always wears that that T for Tennessee on his head. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people have a, a real affection for uh, their state university or where they went to went to college or whatever. So, you know, there I mean, there is a, a great opportunity for people to be supportive of these programs if they know they exist. Absolutely. And the one thing I don't think people are always surprised when I say, do you realize that not only do we have teams from from all over the country, uh, you know, Yale has an excellent skeet and trap team. They uh-huh. go to nationals every year. In fact, they won the trap. They won the trap title, HOA trap title, a couple of years in a row. And this is, uh, I'd say, about three or four years ago. They won it a couple of years in a row. Nobody could beat them. I mean, they all ran hundreds, and then they won their shootoffs. And then uh, that's just for that one event. Uh, Harvard has a shooting team. Uh, Boston uh, College has a shooting team. Uh, BU has a shooting team. Um, Holy Cross has a shooting team. I mean, there's all these different teams. And, of course, you know, University of Virginia, and you have a lot of those, all the schools. Of course, Lindenwood is, is you know, obviously the most famous of, of, of the programs. They, they, you know, nobody could beat them for 15 years, and I, and I have to commend, you know, their, their founding coach and Sean Dollarhary, who is now the um, ACY uh, director, senior director of uh, ACY collegiate programs, shooting programs. And, uh, you know, Sean was in the AMU, the Army Marksmanship Unit. He took the silver medal in 2002. Uh, just a phenomenal guy, visionary, great coach. Um, you know, certainly was responsible for, for maintaining Lindenwood's, uh, you know, outstanding performance and competition. Um, and he's big in the international, you know, games as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as an ice skate and bunker. But, but this, this whole series of uh, um, programs that we put together over the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years, uh, I mean, it, it's just, it's incredible how far it's come. Like I well, said, it, we, it, the first... Yeah, and it is. It's just absolutely remarkable, and I, you know, and I... Uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, I wanted to get involved with my university, with Georgia Southern University. Uh, you know, they they had a little club, but they didn't really do anything competitively. And so many of the kids, once they start competing, they absolutely love it. I mean, it's all it, it's, you know, they've got a, they've got a little bit more of a um, a little more passion, if you will when they're going up against their peers, when they're going up against another university, when they're, you know, like another state university, for instance, you know, uh, your, your kids at, at Jacksonville, I can promise you when, when they go up against Florida or Florida state and, and, you know, they best them, you can bet their bragging rights that go along with that. Now they may not do a lot of bragging, but you know, deep down inside, there's a lot of satisfaction with those wins. Oh yeah, so that that builds their confidence, and you know sometimes they'll have a uh, they'll have a <laughs> not a good performance. You know we we uh, we struggled in Savannah. It was not it was not like the team to do that. You know this is a you know Ju team has 21, 21 mm-hmm. national championship uh, either event or divisional titles. I mean this is a good mm-hmm. strong program. And uh, we got beat by some really good teams, and, and when you and I, you know, uh, ran into each other up in Savannah. So this two weeks ago, we had the Jacksonville Regional same team showed up, and Ju was HOA. So um, you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> well, they they, they, <laughs> they motivated my kids, and they they say we're we're motivated. And the nice thing though is that all the other kids and all the other programs, you know, um, there's none of this, you know. 
um, I guess the rack. There's no sour. There's no sour grapes. It's all hey guys, great shooting. You know, we'll get you tomorrow on the sporting clays event. You know, or whatever. So, um, you know, so it's the, they develop a lot of friendships with all the other kids. We go to San Antonio Nationals, and there's 100 teams there, and you know, 850 to 1,000 athletes, and they all get to know each other, and they make new friendships, and you know. It's not like a baseball or football where you know you're supposed to not like the other team. It's not like that, and that's no, and I know and, and, you get and, that as a coach. Well, and there's a, and there's a professional courtesy that they extend to <clears throat> to everybody else. Hey, David, we're 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 closing in on the end of the show, and I want to say this, folks this this particular portion of the show brought to you by. Etowah Valley Game Preserve up in Dawsonville, Georgia. Now, you know the the bird season for preserves is just about over. It ends uh, there at uh, Etowah Valley. It'll be over the end of March. And, um, uh, you know, they're, they're still, they're still hunting. They're still in the outdoors. They, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're taking care of, uh, that, uh, social, that social distance that we're supposed to have and people are having a blast, but they're also starting their new program now for next season where you can get some real exciting programs and discounts off of, uh, off of uh, uh, booking hunts, you know, starting back in uh, in the early fall. So do me a favor, check them out, etowahvalleygamepreserve.com. I can promise you they are, they're great people. They've got a sporting clays course up there too, Etowah Valley Sporting Clays that the family also owns. Check them out when you're up in north the north side of Atlanta, etowahvalleygamepreserve.com. All right, Dave, now here we are. Um, what's, what's going to happen with the, with the nationals? You know, I, I mentioned, you know, that, you know, they, they may be thinking about moving it back or, or whatever. What, what, what's your gut feeling? You're on the board. Where, where are we? Well, I'm on the advisory council. We had a, we had a conference call, uh, last Tuesday and we decided that number one, you know, it, it's only fair for our graduating seniors to obviously have a last hurrah. So, um, we are looking at uh, May 30th and 31st for the international disciplines, and then June 1st through June 6th at the uh, NSCA and SSA National Shooting Complex in San Antonio. So that mm-hmm. is, we postponed it to to uh, May 30th through June 6th. So right now, uh, you know, we have the date. We're we're counting on on this whole virus thing maybe peaking in late April, early May. And hopefully by, uh, you know, the end of May, we'll get a green light. And, you know, a lot of the universities obviously, you know, shut everything down because that's the only way you can deal with flattening the curve. On, you know, I know the people mm-hmm. talking about sure. flattening the curve. Sure. We have to reduce the geometric progression of, of disease. So, um, you know, that is the plan. And uh, everybody, I, I think we're going we're gonna to probably lose some teams because they're not going to be able to go. Uh, but you know the majority of people on the call, and and I think it's gone out to all of the members, uh, teams, and stuff. This is the plan. You know, we'll keep you posted. Um, so you know, we're kind of watching and waiting. Uh, they did talk about doing it in the fall, but we felt it was way better to do it, you know, in the summer because obviously when seniors graduate, hopefully they'll be able to find a job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be very difficult to tell your boss, you know, six months down the road, oh, i got to go to San Antonio for a week and, and shoot, you know, because we didn't get to shoot because of, you know, CV-19. 
and they may yeah, or that, not say well, that's okay. Could, that, could, that could fall on deaf ears, too. That makes it tough. And so, uh, and, but that's kind of what we're looking at right now. I mean, this thing, this thing will, we will get through this. This will pass. People mm-hmm. need to quit panicking, um, you know, talking about going out and selling their portfolio and panicking and saying, no, don't do that. Relax. You know, it's 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 we pull together as a as a country and follow the guidelines and and you know do the right thing, and we'll get through this. And uh, so, you know, without getting launching into a speech on economics or whatever, you know, we will get through it, and the country will will come out even stronger. And I do believe that. And last but not least, I know for those of you that are listening, fundraising is a critical mass factor. In these programs, we don't we get funding from the university, but it's not enough to cover everything. And so, I need to raise a hundred grand every year, sure. over and above what we get in a budget, to be able to provide a good program. So, this is key for all these programs. So, well, and that, if and anybody that's, that's, has, yeah, that's what makes it work, uh, right. with, Without question, and and, uh, and 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 that's that's the case in all of the universities, by the way. You know, and uh, you know, not just JU. I mean, I hate to say that I've got the same challenges at Georgia Southern, and they have them at Florida, and they have them in Texas, and and all over. But uh, what a what a great thing to get behind, you know, to see these to see these young people, uh, you know, doing what we all love, you know, because people that listen to this show, their passion is shooting. And David, we're we're about to pretty much out of time, buddy. So do me. Thank you so much. Um, how do people get in touch with uh, with with you or, or you know with the program or, or what's what's a way to find out more about uh, about what you're doing? Well, it's it's very simple. You know, my personal website is David Dobson D O B S O N dot com. David Dobson dot com. Mm-hmm. The team has two websites: jushootingteam.com. and if you go to ju.edu, you'll be able to find us uh, under the um, uh, varsity sports. Uh, if you go to athletics and then go down to, to other varsity sports, because we are under student life and we're we're there because we started out as a club along with uh, varsity sailing, and we're not NCAA, so our president very wisely put us in student life, which well, is and, and, that, and, that, and that was wise. That was David. Thank you so much. We are completely out of time, folks. David, I can't thank you enough, folks. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next week on Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Be safe. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.